I'm Adrian Ben, one of the teaching pastors at Alpine, and happy to be at West Haven with you again. And, you know, we're, we're continuing kind of in that, that message that we shared on Christmas Eve, going beyond Christmas. And, you know, I, I don't know if, if you've kind of noticed, and maybe, maybe this is just my perception, but, you know, it, doesn't it seem like Christmas has, has like a long lead time? And, and what I mean by that is it seems like, you know, shortly after, what is it? Is it Halloween? I mean, you start, you start going into stores way before Thanksgiving is even done and passed. You start seeing Christmas stuff, right? You're hearing Christmas music. They've got Christmas decorations in the store. And, you know, maybe the reason why I noticed this is because it drives one of my daughters crazy. Her, her favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. And so when she goes into a store or begins hearing Christmas music before Thanksgiving, she's irritated. You know, it frustrates her. So at our house... You know, we, we can't do anything Christmas until after Thanksgiving. But, but, but we get this large lead time leading up to Christmas. And then sometimes it seems like after Christmas, it, it just drops off, right? I mean, we're liable to go to the stores tomorrow and, and all the Christmas decorations are going to be on the discount aisle, right? And, and we're going to start seeing stuff here within a couple of days that's liable to be for I don't know, the next holiday. What is it, Valentine's Day? Yeah, so, I mean, so, so it seems like Christmas, as soon as it's done, big lead time, as soon as we have Christmas, we're done, right? We're done. We move on. It kind of reminds me of, um, you know, when my kids were, were younger, uh, we would get them all kinds of toys and, you know, presents and things for Christmas. And then as, as, as soon as they open them, they're, they're happy on Christmas Day, they're occupied, on Christmas Day, and it, it seems like the next day, they're, they're coming to me complaining about being bored, right? Like they've already forgotten about the gifts that they just got and the things that, that we've given them to occupy their time. They've already forgotten about it. And I think that sometimes it can actually be the same way with us uh, for Christmas. You know, with everything going on, with our busy lives, Sometimes we forget about like just how, how beautiful that the gift of Jesus Christ is. It's, sometimes I think we get into this kind of maybe rut or our habit of we, we focus on it during Christmas and then it kind of, kind of disappears into the background the rest of the year, right? And, and, and sadly, I, I think that the, the gift of Jesus Christ is something that we should carry with us all year long. And so today what we're going to do is, is we're, we're going to kind of explore five gifts that, that we believe that we receive when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, five gifts that God wants us to, to not get bored with the day after Christmas, but to hold tightly to all year long, all year long. And the first gift is the gift of salvation. Now, you know, the word salvation obviously implies that we're, we've got, we need to be saved from something, right? We need to, to be saved or rescued from something. Look what it says in Romans 23. It says, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. You see, we were created to be in a relationship with God. But this, this sinful nature that we've inherited has broken that relationship, right? This, this nature, this desire to define our own truth, 
This, this nature, this desire that we're born with to, to kind of go our own way, please ourselves rather than honoring God with our lives. And, and this is a, a nature that we've inherited from our parents. Our, our parents inherited it from their parents. And it goes all the way back to the first people, the first man and woman who ever existed, Adam and Eve. Now here's the, the problem with sin, right? Tells us in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. You know, not only is this talking about the kind of the, the you know, the destruction of our physical nature, right? The sickness, the disease, all these things that bring about our, our eventual, our physical death. Something that we can't avoid. That is a result of, of the original sin from Adam and Eve. One of the things that we've gotten to inherit is a physical death. But it's also talking about that spiritual death. And that's the death, that's the, the broken relationship with God, the spiritual death. And this is where the, the beautiful gift of Jesus Christ comes in. It tells us, it tells us in, in Romans, continuing in 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the, the wage of sin is that spiritual death, that spiritual separation from God, but through Jesus Christ, that relationship can be restored. I mean, this means that because Jesus Christ was born, that, that we have an opportunity to be saved, that we're not stuck in this position of a broken relationship with God. Because Jesus gave his life on the cross, paying the penalty for, for our sin, Right, that, that sin that we inherited, that desire to define our own truth, because Jesus gave his life to pay the penalty for that, we can have a relationship with God. And it's, it's truly a gift because it's not something that we can earn. We can't, we can't buy it, right? We, we can't work for it. We can't be good enough for it. What we have to do is choose to accept it. Choose to accept it. Well, good, it says in Romans 10, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. You see, this doesn't mean that we've got to understand who this, like everything about this mighty God. Right? I mean, he's, honestly, I, he's too big for us to completely understand. It doesn't mean that we have to understand all the nuances of different theological positions. Right? It doesn't mean any of that. It, it simply means that we understand that we're sinful, that we've got a sinful nature, that we've got this desire that likes to go against God. And it's choosing to believe that God sent Jesus God in the flesh to make it right. And that he did everything. And that by putting our trust in Jesus, we're given this new life, forgiven of our sins, and, and we have a relationship with God. See, this is the kind of belief that this passage speaks about, where you're believing in your heart, and you believe in your heart so much that it, 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 
it's evident in your action, that declaration of faith. You see, this is the gift that we have because Jesus Christ, God, was born as a man. The gift of salvation. And with that gift of salvation comes the gift of freedom. Jesus talks about freedom in John 8. This is what he says. He says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. My apologies. If you remain faithful to my teachings. Now, what does it mean when he says uh, faithful to my teachings? I like what the NASB says. It says, continue in my word. Right? So, so what this is talking about is this, this is talking about following and pursuing God. Right? Kind of what we talk about at Alpine all the time. Following and pursuing God. Looking at God's word and, and striving to apply the way that God says that we should live our lives every day. Continue in my word. And he says that if we do this, if we continue in his word, this is what he says will happen. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, it's, it's only by pursuing God that we can come to understand truth, right? The, the truth of God, the, the truth of who we are, the, the truth of our sinful nature, right? The, the truth of our, our purpose and, and why we were created on earth. Jesus says it's, it's in this truth that we find freedom. Now, you know, what's funny is, is when, when Jesus was saying this, right, there was, there was a number of religious leaders that were around listening to what he was saying. And, and they, didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't understand what, what Jesus was trying to say. And, and this is what they said in response to Jesus. They said, but, but we are descendants of Abraham. They said, we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will set us free? You see, what they didn't understand is that Jesus was, was obviously talking about setting them free from that sinful nature, right? He, he was talking about setting them free from that sinful nature, and, and Jesus goes on and replies to them and says this, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free you are truly free. You see, Jesus wanted these religious leaders to understand that they were still sinners. Right? It, it didn't matter how, how much time they spent going to church. It, it didn't matter how, how good or, or how many good things they thought they were doing. They still had a sinful nature and they still needed the Son of God. Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of their sins to be set free. You see, these religious leaders got caught up in kind of this, the lie that sin tells us that we can somehow be good enough on our own, 
right? That, that we can somehow, uh, if, if we go to church enough, we can be good enough on our own. When in fact, the only way that we can actually have freedom from sin is by trusting in Jesus. And when we trust in Jesus, we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, transformed to live a new life, empowered with the choice. You see, I don't believe that when we put our trust in Jesus that all of a sudden we're sinless, that we never sin. I think we probably would all agree with that. We're going to have this sinful nature until our body passes away or until Jesus Christ comes back. But what has happened when we put our trust in Jesus, now we have, we're empowered with the choice. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can choose to live our lives to please ourselves or to live our lives to please God, live our lives in a way that honors God. This is why the Apostle Paul tells this to the Galatians. He says, so Christ has truly set you free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. You see, what Paul is trying to tell the church is he's saying, don't go back to following your sinful nature. You've been transformed. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You've put your trust in Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Choose to honor God with your life. This specific church, one of their weaknesses or temptations that they had was to, to fall back into the idea that they could earn their own salvation, that they, could, that they could be good enough to save themselves. And Paul's telling them, don't go back to following that sinful nature. And I think the warning is the same for us. Not only not falling for the idea that we could somehow be good enough, if we do enough good in our life, we'll be okay, but also just that, that idea that, that we don't have to go back to simply satisfying our own desires and living for ourselves, that we can choose. We've been empowered by God himself through his Holy Spirit to choose to honor God with our lives. Right? Pursuing God, reading his word, discovering how God desires for us to live our lives, to live our lives with other people, the way we react, the way we interact with other people, and striving to do those things. See, by pursuing a relationship with God and through Jesus Christ, we truly can have freedom of joy. A gift of joy. John says this in John 15. He says, I have, Jesus says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you is, to me, like, I struggle with this one, right? Because I don't always feel like, I don't always feel this joy, right? I don't always feel this joy, but, but I have to believe that if there's any one thing that should, um, should, uh, should be seen in someone in who has put their trust in Jesus, it should be joy. 
It should be joy. We should be joyful. And Jesus in this passage actually shares with us how to experience that gift of joy. He says, I love you. Right? Jesus is telling us, I love you. Remain in my love. Well, how, and then he goes on to actually tell us how to remain in his love. He says, obey my commandments. Right? This is what we've been talking about. This is pursuing and following God. Right? O- obeying his commandments, pursuing and following him. Spending time with him in prayer and in the word. Again, discovering how God wants us to live our life and trying to apply that. Applying his truth to our life. And he says this. He says, by remaining in, in my love, right, by, by following my commandments, you will, you will be filled with my joy. That he, he's saying that we'll be filled with his joy. And then our joy will overflow. You know, the Bible tells us quite a few things uh, about that joy, the joy that Jesus experienced on earth. Right? It, it tells us that, that uh, he, he was joyful in sharing God's truth. Right? He, he found joy in fulfilling God's purpose for his life here on earth. Sharing God's truth, truth, um, um, having a relationship with his disciples, um, basically obeying his father to the point of his death. These were all things that the Bible tells us that Jesus found joy in these things. And this is the joy that we're supposed to experience when we're pursuing and following God in our own life. Finding joy in obedience, applying God's truth to our life. Finding joy uh, in God's truth itself when we're spending time in God's truth. Finding joy for the hope, the promises of, of being in relationship with Him for eternity. You see, experiencing joy... This joy that God is telling us should be overflowing in us has nothing to do with our circumstances. Actually, in, in 2 Corinthians, we, we read about a church that uh, talks about that they had an abundance of joy, but yet they were in deep poverty. You see, the joy is rooted in our relationship with God. So if, if you've experienced life like me to where you kind of struggle really feeling or experiencing this joy, you know, maybe it's a situation where kind of like Christmas, where we've kind of forgotten about the promises, right? Where we've kind of got distracted a little bit and we need to go back and, and spend more time reading, pursuing God. Simple as that. Percent, spend more time pursuing God and maybe spending less time, and, and I think this is probably a case for me when I was preparing this message, it, it kind, of, kind of hit me, is spending less time focusing on our circumstances, however unpleasant they might be, spend less time focusing on those circumstances and more time on 
the, the promises that, that God has given us and the relationship with him. You see, if we put our trust in Jesus, the gift of joy is ours to experience every single day of our life, not just on Christmas, but every single day of our life. With that gift of joy, we also see the gift of purpose. You know, and I think this is a, a question that we probably all ask ourselves, you know, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? And, and likely we ask ourselves this more than, more than one time in our life. And um, the wisest man to have ever lived uh, other than Jesus Christ is uh, King Solomon. And this is what he says about purpose. He says, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. You see, uh, King Solomon came to this conclusion after he spent a lot of time chasing after, uh, chasing after whatever he could to, to whatever pleasure he could find, whatever purpose he could find. He, he was chasing after all these things, trying to find his, his purpose in life, fulfillment in life, and he comes to this conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands. He's saying our purpose is to love and pursue God. To love and pursue God. You know, the best explanation that I've ever heard about why we're, we were created came from a man named uh, Andrew Murray. And this is what he said. He said that God created us to show the glory of his love, wisdom, and power in us, to us, and through us. But he actually goes on to explain that, that showing this, showing the, the, the glory of God's love, wisdom, and power isn't something that, that we can do on our own, right? To do that, it depend, it's, it's dependent on being connected to God. It's dependent on being in relationship with God. But you see that sinful nature that we inherited broke that relationship separated us from God, and it's only through Jesus Christ, the one who was born that Christmas morning thousands of years ago, that we can have, by putting our trust in him, have our relationship with God restored. It's here in that relationship with God, after putting our trust in Jesus Christ, that the glory of God's love Wisdom and power shines in us as we're transformed and through us as we serve God and others. And I, I think that's an important part of, of the purpose that sometimes we forget. It's not only God working in us, but it's God working through us. This is why Paul said this to the Philippians. He says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Because we have a gift of purpose. 
for God to shine his light in us, transforming us from the inside out, but also through us as we serve God and as we serve others. The last gift is eternity. You see, the kind of the beauty of, of, of Christmas is the idea of, of Jesus being with us, right? Emmanuel, God with us. But see, that wasn't the end of God's plan. God's plan is for us to be with God and for God to be with us for eternity, for all of, all of time. This promise is, is given to us in, in Revelations. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And, one, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the spring of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. You see, God's ultimate plan isn't for us to be with him up in the clouds somewhere, but is actually to live for eternity with God and I believe with God here on earth. A gift of eternity by putting our trust in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus reminds us that there's more than just uh, the idea of celebrating him just one day a year. He's given us gifts, salvation, freedom, joy, purpose, and even of eternity that we should be carrying with us all year long. Now, if you haven't put your trust in, in Jesus Christ, uh, I want you to know that, that this is a gift that God is offering you. And all you have to do is receive it, is accept it by putting your trust in him. And if you've put your trust in him, you're a follower of Jesus Christ already, I just hope that this serves as a reminder that we carry gifts that Jesus has given to us every single day of our life. These shouldn't be just gifts that we remember at Christmas time, but again, every single day of our lives that we should live out our life in these gifts. Will you pray with me? Father, we, we exalt you for, for who you are. 
Lord, and that you, that you sent Jesus to give his life for us so that, that we could be saved, that we could be freed from, this, from our sinful nature so that we could have a relationship with you. And Father, I pray that as we hold on to that gift of salvation, Father, that we would be encouraged that, that you are a gracious God who, who gives gifts. And Father, that we would pursue you with our whole heart. Father, that we would seek you out with our whole heart. Lord, that we would that you would give us the desire to honor you with our lives for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.